Welcome, keys and queens, to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B. Here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive, we don't whine, we whine. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces or fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. One Sick B is also brought by Mastermind app, the help that the app that helps multiple sclerosis patients bear uh, manage and control their MS. Today, I am so honored, y'all. This is a blessing for me. This is one of my biggest supporters. She has been supporting me since I only had 20 fans. Her name is LaRoya. She is an educator. She is a mom. She is a chronic illness warrior. She is a wife. She is a woman of God. And I appreciate you, LaRoya, for always supporting me. But today is your my day to shine light on you and you, what you do in the community for as educated our kids and who you are. Thank you for coming and blessing my podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate Oh, well, thank you. I'm telling y'all, Leroy is my, like one of my favorites, okay? She's been supporting me when I, like they said, the kids say out the mud, but when I started from the <laughs> bottom, okay, now we here. But um, Loria, uh, I'm going to definitely get into you educating our kids out here. That's a big importance uh, because it is hard. And everybody has that one teacher that they remember that inspired them some way, shape, or form. So I imagine that you're somebody's, a lot of somebody's favorite teacher. But first, <laughs> I want to get into uh, Loria got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in the pandemic. And um that is a journey in itself, the pandemic, but to find out you have a chronic illness, but you soar through it and pray through it. So, Loria, if you could take us back to when you were diagnosed, uh, what you were going through, and if prior to the diagnosis, if you felt like you had those symptoms or you seen them. Yes, um, I'll take you back down memory lane. It's yeah. um, It seems like it was a long time coming. Um, I always had things that would pop up that I couldn't explain, but they were warning signs to me because I listened to my body. And so um, from time to time, I dealt with tingling and numbness in my toes. And I specifically remember going to my doctor and she meant well. So she referred me to a neurologist and the neurologist told me, you know, um, I noticed you wear high heels and you wear your flats. Well, um, try not wearing those. And that could be the cause of it. You're strong. That's what I kept hearing throughout because I can ace a physical exam. I got my balance. I got my, I can squeeze your hands. I can stand up and all that. So, um, that's what I heard for a while and I've listened to it. And sometimes we don't want things to be wrong with us. So it's almost like a sigh of relief. Like, Hey, I went, I saw the neurologist. This is what she had to say. I'm going to go on about it. And so, um, throughout the years, it always seemed like I would get more tired than normal and discouraged. And it seemed like I was going in circles, trying to complete tasks. So, um, I still just kept going, just kept on trying to tough through it. Then I'll never forget, um, 
July 2021, um, my family and I went on a vacation and we got like an Airbnb. So we'd be alone because it is during the pandemic, but we yeah. needed to go to the house and get on vacation. And so um, I remember it like it was yesterday. One morning I was exercising. Everything was fine. Didn't feel anything. Well, then the next morning when I went to do exercise, I felt tingling going all down my body and it was, I was like, okay, maybe I did something, tweaked something, but then it kept going like for the entire vacation. It was a two week vacation. So here we are down in Sarasota, Florida. It is hot as all get out. And what I know now is that it's no good for MS because like that time it just kept intensifying. It was almost like just tingling going on from my neck. (laughs) all the way down my body just so uncomfortable and we were outside doing all the outside activities because at the time you know my girls are old enough to want to do those things so there we are doing those things as they should and um, we get back home and it's towards the end of July and I went to a professional development Um, the tingling went away and I was okay. I was happy about that. But while I was at um, professional development, um, doing a math training, my fingertips started tingling um, at the computer. It was so weird. It was just like this weird sensation, you know? And it alarmed me because when I think of tingling, when I think of my limbs feeling funny, I think like heart attack and stroke, you know, I was more so something like that. And so, you know, is this the tingly you felt uh, usually uh, sometimes it feels similar to uh, when your feet fall asleep and then they wake up? Yes. And it was like my fingertips fell asleep slightly, ever so slightly. But it's enough for me to know while I'm sitting there typing. It don't it doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there doing that. And it's just like this internal fire going on in me trying to figure out what is wrong with me and not wanting to say anything about it. A little bit scared. And so, you know, of course, I confide in my family and um, I love my family, but um, they were talking about more so go to the chiropractor and get adjusted because I've had someone and I went, got adjusted. It was good. I've heard so many stories about that. So I was hopeful. I was like, okay, let's go to the chiropractor. And so when I went to the chiropractor, he was super nice and they do a lot of, you know, holistic stuff and talk about my inflammation and things like that, you know. And um, he adjusted me. I felt better, but I still felt a little tingling. Like I felt weird, like my body wasn't connected like it was supposed to be or something. And so that, you know, I kept going in hopes of getting better. But then in the meantime, I had my first major thing that scared me. And I was the first time I was at the gym and I was on the treadmill, used to love to run on the treadmill. But I got this intense numbness, the little numbness that I felt all the whole time in Florida for two weeks, it became intense. It yeah. went all down my body and I did everything I could do to press that emergency stop button just so I could get off and not fall on my thing. Yeah. And it just took me a minute. And then I came back to myself. I was like, this is not normal, you know? And I just started listening to my body. I was still going to the chiropractor. Next thing that happened, I was at work. And at this time I was teaching second graders. And so I got a call from um, the school. Like we do as parents, when something goes wrong, you're on an automatic automatic alert system. So they called and in that, um, in my nervousness of that call, even though nothing was wrong, it seemed like 
I got that intense numb feeling again. I had to get down the hallway because again, it just felt like I was just, my body was going to give out. I cooled down and um, calmed down and it sort of went away, still just scared. And then right after that, I um, went to a ball game and this is in August, maybe the end of August and I'm down in Alabama. Still so warm. Like we're set on fire down here. It is so hot outside and muggy. So I get out of the car to go to this um, football game. And as the kids are coming up, hey, Miss Smitherman, how are you doing? That intense numb feelings, like my limbs, like I can't, it takes extra effort to lift them. Like I'm in semen, intense numbness. Get to my seat. My husband had to sort of like um, step in front of me so I wouldn't fall down the stadium steps, make it down yeah. there. And I get cold water. I'm sitting there and eventually it goes away. So after that, I uh, went back to the doctor and told them everything that was happening. Still, they did the little strength thing. They're like, I don't think it is, but I'm going to refer you. At first, they said a neurologist, but then they changed their mind to an orthopedic doctor. So, of course, I went. When I sat down to talk to the orthopedic doctor, he specifically told me because I was a young black woman, he seriously doubted that it was MS, but I was able to, you know, share my little bit of knowledge with him is because I had a doctor, So you researched yeah. it enough to know, yeah. hey, these are some yeah. things that I call it under these categories. Yes. And after, especially after that intense tingling, and then I started bending my neck and feeling that electric shock feeling like. I knew I had MS, yeah. like I was there for, you know, for you to tell yeah. me, to help me out. How do I go about whatever I need to do? And so, but what I'm thankful for is even though he did not think that he did acknowledge that something was not right because my limbs are tingling, it's not right, you know? And yeah. so he won MRI and that's when they detected um, legions on my neck, you know? And so um, from that point on, I got in with a neurologist and that was, um, I was officially like, like Sorry. sort of diagnosed in <laughs> those lesions, but I had to get to a neurologist to do another to MRI. Yeah. yeah. So it was from October to December. And um, during that wait time, I got in and um, even though, the orthopedic doctor doubted me. I am so thankful that he sent me for that MRI, but that yeah. just lets you know what I had been dealing with for years, oh, you know? Right. What if, you know, somebody just recognizes the signs? Because if you can look it up on Google, surely you know as a doctor that this is a possibility and I feel like I should have been tested for it years ago, but I digress. I'm thankful that he got me in to get that MRI. And from that, I was able to, get with my neurologist and he helped calm my mind because it was inevitable we knew that but he was like it may be something else and as a doctor we have it's to rule out different things and in the meantime don't worry what he was trying to tell me is you know he had this saying and it's from Nick Saban um the great Alabama football coach is be where your boots are you're right here right now in this yeah. moment to live your life because I was all torn up Brandy like I I didn't eat. I did not sleep. I depression sets in because yeah. you don't know what's going yeah. on. You don't think exactly. you're doing it. You know how really? you treat your I was, body. I was really ready to give up because I didn't see the full spectrum of MS. I just saw 
the negative, the full down. Negative stuff. And I did some digging. It was a lot of negative stuff. I yeah. saw some but it was more negative yeah. so I literally went in my closet went to a depression I had lost all kinds of weight just because I wasn't hungry I was sad I was on autopilot but yeah. in the time um you know just waiting on that MRI that's what that's the advice he gave me and eventually I came into it and I was like okay I'm gonna keep moving forward December got the um, MRI results um, December 13th 2021 never forget that day he called and said it is a mess because you have um, multiple you know lesions multiple spots or whatever quickly got me on a treatment you know and you know it's just been you know, that for the air. Yeah. In my depression, what I will say is that's how I found out about everybody while I was in the closet crying. I was like on Instagram, just looking, looking for anybody just like relentlessly that looked like me, that yeah. um, had goals like me. Yeah. Um, you know, just how can I keep going forward? Yeah. Because right sitting here with a nine and a 10 year old girl that watched my every move, you know? Yeah. So yeah, some downtime. And I thank God for my husband because he kept everything going in that downtime. And I was able to go to work, but I was just on autopilot, but I got these girls looking at me and I, um, if I don't give them anything else, it's the spirit of going on, no matter yeah. what life throws at you, because I want them to be better than me, you know? I yeah, we all, that's our all parents dream. Oh, you're doing better than me? Oh, that's perfect. My daughter's in nursing school. Oh, that's perfect. You're going to have a better career yes. than me. That girl did. I did my job. Yes. And so with that, you know, um, you know, as I want them to be smarter than me, I want them to be more resilient than me. Yes. I want them to look at me and say, mama went through this, but she kept her head held high. And they're and definitely going to see that. that. I can do that, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. That's my story. That's I'm still, you know, standing today. I'm still here today. What I did in the closet, like in December, 2021, I still do every day today because as somebody, yeah, I, um, God is my everything, but then I look at God's helpers who are out there on the front lines, just sort of putting out a word or telling you how you can go on, or they have a message. I do the same thing today. You know, I'm always trying to keep up with people just yeah. to keep going because community is everything to me, you know, and without community, I, I don't think I'd be here sitting here today. I'd be somewhere still crying and feeling like yeah. I can't go on stuck in my own mind, you know? So yeah that's my um that's my diagnosis story, that's the story. yeah I love that you said uh that's how yeah. you uh read that's how you built your community of how you when I was diagnosed there was the there was like I said you could go to uh what do you call those uh therapy sessions not therapy sessions you so the support groups but when I walked to the support group nobody looked like me nobody yeah. Uh, was younger like me nobody was african-american like me which really wasn't a big thing i just see more no. of the debilitation side of yeah. multiple growth multiple yeah. growth so you don't mm-hmm. went to that and none of it fit my personality i'm like oh wait i'm i still want to i still want to thrive i still want to go through yeah. all those things i still yeah. want to be you know, I still want to travel. I have kids to raise. I still want to, yeah. you know, I still want to, and I'm going to. Oh, and yeah. that's why I created One Sick B because I needed 
others out there to know that um, there's somebody that's going through the same thing as you. Yes, MS sucks, but yes. ultimately our goal is to keep going. It's oh, yeah. that was the ultimate goal for us to be. So I'm happy that while you were scrolling, oh yes, you ran into me and oh, I'm yeah. healthy that uh you seen me and that you took some received something that I was trying to give. And yeah. I appreciate I appreciate oh, yeah. hearing I appreciate hearing that. Yes. And one of the things that sticks out most about you is not accepting that spirit of defeat. And um we can talk a good game because I used to talk a good game and yeah. I strong I you know I lost my mom 10 years ago and she battled cancer I was there for her and it was one of the worst times of my life you know you talk a good game right and yeah. it, it hurt me really bad to see her go but I understand how God works and we're passing yeah. through you got to make the most of this life but man it was an extra blow when something's wrong with you <laughs> and you're yeah. the one having to go through because that's when your character is tested it's yes. when you're feeling it now, even though that's my mom, I can't take on her feelings. I can't be yeah. in And man, was she a warrior. She was very resilient. And it's already in me because she put one foot in, to, in front of the other the each other, day. She kept kept going. Going. Held her head up. You know, she held her head yeah. up high. Yeah, and, my condolences. I see that you always post yeah. positive things, that you're positive things, but spiritually your mom's still here because everything that she gave you an example of you're still carrying it and you're still bringing keeping her memory alive just like I said that I was going to ask you what keeps you thriving and oh, yeah. like you said the spirit uh what keeps okay. you motivated outside of the children and what uh what do you do to uh self-love and self-care and nurture yourself well um God is my everything um I and, you know, like I said, losing mom, that was a real quick lesson of God is your everything. I consider her as somebody who would never leave me nor forsake yeah. me. It's like when you have a good mom, that's very much so like the closest we're going to see God, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Unconditional love. love is, Unconditional, yeah. messed up. They it is whatever. Keep on, let's keep on going. Keep on going. Yeah, but they don't, they don't hold it back up in your face. It's very much so like a godly love. God yeah. keeps me going every single day. And then right underneath that is my family, starting with my husband and my children. They give me purpose to get up and keep going, you know, and to make those memories. Um, very much so. Um that's that's just what keeps me going and then right under that it's just like the friends the acquaintances I've made and you know I take it very personally like when I'm just scrolling through I see like if you can do it I can do it too if yeah. you're going through this I'm going to pray for you and send yeah. out positivity and I know it's coming back to me because yes. Going through something like this, it lets you know that you need people. No matter how much we say we don't need people, we need people yeah. and we just need the right people in our lives. And, you know, um, when thing when life happens and things keep coming to you, we need each other, you know. And so um, community keeps me going, you know, at the top. God, as far as self-care, now I'm a mom of a nine and 10 year old girl. So I'm just going to be honest with you. Self-care is just like on the back. It's the last priority. <laughs> it's the last priority, but you need to make it yes, a priority, it even is. if 
one hour a week, one hour mm -hmm. a day, and you exactly. just go do something at the park by yourself, prayer, exactly. in a book, yeah. or yes. So I will say that I'm an early riser in my, I'm at my best. Like when you said you're at your best in the morning, I am yeah. like I wake up. I'm so thankful for another day, another chance to get yeah. it right. It's just yeah. something beautiful about another day. I yes. also enjoy that quiet time. So since I'm an early bird, I get that quiet time. That's myself, yeah. um, you know, and um, I love reading or um, looking the at- educator, y'all. What else? Yeah. Of course she loves books. You know, how can I be better? How can I, you know, you know, just be a better person? I'm like in constant pursuit. I'm no, by no means perfect. Got plenty of flaws. We all do. We all do. I just like to be inspired. I like to have a word. I like to keep going. So I love, you know, just reading, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What is one of your favorite books that you have read? Like I can take you back to the first book that it wasn't like really a good, it was a good book, but it wasn't like a good book. It taught me anything, but I can remember the, when I first started like reading, reading, uh -huh. I can remember way back then, like it was the book, L. but one of the books that stood out to me, and I don't even know why I bring this up, but was the coldest winter ever, right? Okay. I love that. Yeah, all right. Junior high or high school was the coldest winter came out. Mind you, uh -huh. I had didn't have to know anything about half that stuff that was going on in the book. But for some reason, <laughs> that book was like so profound to me. I probably should have. Well, I mean, I love yeah. it. Okay. I, yeah, I think that, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's that area where you know, yeah, you know, try to do the things. Yeah. yeah. And then you read okay. it and somebody tells the story. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, what? For real? Yeah. yeah. She was the coldest winner ever. What yeah. educational books do you uh, wreck? First of all, let me, let me cut in. Uh, like I said, Laroya is a educator. She is a elementary school teacher and a junior high teacher. Uh, to have patience with our children is somebody who has their own chronic illness but can manage stress well enough to teach children who are not yet developed. They're still learning. And I love the beauty of that you're going through the chronic illness. So I feel like some parents do not teach about disability or teach that yeah. people are different so you being a teacher that has a chronic illness you have a different perspective of it so you can educate your students on people that have other disabilities and not to my form of bullying because I was younger when I got diagnosed but before I had got diagnosed they said I had arthritis so things were different a little different yeah. and kids don't necessarily understand it and when you're a child you don't understand it but to yeah. have an educator who's going through a major uh has a whole something it's well yeah. we have this but we soar through it and you being yeah. able to educate kids I mm -hmm. think that is amazing and it, it just shows your compassion because mm -hmm. even though you have to show yourself compassion for your own kids but you are sharing compassion with others what oh, made yeah. you be an educator besides the fact that you're a sweet 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 woman what made yeah. you become an educator because sweet people don't need to be in that game with them teachers kids are being <laughs> I love it. I um became an educator. Now I come from an educator. My mom, she taught for 21 years, but was okay. in education for 38 years. She became a principal afterwards. My aunt Georgia, her only sister, oh, she was an educator for like 41 years before she retired. Just seeing the difference they've made and the relationships they forged throughout the years has always been inspirational to me. Like, say we'd be in the grocery store and people just know her or know yeah. 
But as you get older, you start to hear the stories about how they made a difference in their lives, you know? So that is super inspirational to me to have a hand in shaping the future. But as far as becoming a teacher now, I go to say like, even though they inspired me, me personally, um, my most memorable teacher was in first grade and she had such a profound impact on my life. The reason I love reading, the reason I like when stories come to life, it's my first grade teacher. Here I am just learning how to read, but she taught me to love reading by modeling that. And I'm a true believer. If you can read, you can do anything. There is so much power in it. And that's what Miss Bailey instilled in me is what I wanted to go forward. I just always knew that I wanted to be a teacher to help and to um, be an advocate. Because with that being said, is that children can all learn, but to the best of their abilities. And they need somebody to empower them and to see what they're good at, you know, and to push them in that direction, even when they're in, you know, elementary school you yeah know? I, have taught, I know like and I and I never downplay anybody's gifts because I'm not gonna be the teacher like that somebody said that you know they said I never I, to me. Oh, I, I, I remember I had that teacher oh you're pregnant oh you'll never graduate high school what no you'll never no, go to no. college that's all you're gonna do what I graduated and I went to college like who that's are you amazing. talking to? And at the end of the day, yeah, if we get real with ourselves, nobody's perfect. Everybody's made mistakes and people have done things in their past that help shape who they are today. The people that judge you are just not real about who they are because they're acting like they're God. And that is just all kinds of red flags within itself. Right there. Definitely. So in teaching has blessed me. This diagnosis of um, MS has helped me open my eyes to more so to the students that are differently able because throughout my career, I have worked with neurodivergent students because a general ed classroom is an inclusion classroom. It We have kids from different walks of life and different things going on with them. You know, I can think of this past year. Um, I had a student that helped me not feel so alone because um, she was on a medication that required special monitoring and it came from a specialty pharmacy. And, you know, we were able to talk about that, you know, and I told her how we have something in common. We had the same specialty pharmacy and, you know, her eyes just lit up just to know that you're not alone or yeah. um, not to say that I wasn't considerate before because we do study those things. I yeah. But you guys put it to work, actually put it to work. You really do. And what um, drives you to be the best that you can be, I feel like it's empathy. When you understand somebody and put yourself in their shoes, I think the best thing to do is for anybody who's maybe listening that doesn't have a challenge yet, I encourage you to put yourself in other people's shoes, develop a sense of empathy before life teaches you that to be empathetic life, through your life, experiences life. <laughs> don't wait for life to happen to you before you develop that now you can be the nicest person in the world but there's plenty of nice people that don't go through something but they don't really delve into people's problems like how are we going to help each other if we don't take on 
understanding other people and it's a whole bunch of different people around us so this ms diagnosis has helped me to be more empathetic to um dig deeper into like adhd like the why behind it strategies to help push you forward it helps me to um further like encourage my students to know that even though you have adhd or any kind of defiance disorder you can be successful here are the people that are successful with it. And this is what they've done. You can do all things, you know? So it just fuels my, you know, fire to figure out like, how can we overcome? How can we include everybody and not feel ashamed? And there's a zero tolerance in my classroom for any kind of bullying or, um, you know, any kind of pointing out differences. We have multiple talks. Now, even though I teach sixth grade, I have plenty of picture books that, um, you know, teach lessons on how to include people and talk about, you know, just the challenges that we have in life. And we come to understand that everybody has challenges and we're together. I call my class a family. We are a family and family helps each other. Family sticks up for each other, you know, family advocates for one another and it's a really beautiful thing to see it come together. Now, when they first come to you, you got all these little different personalities clashing and before they get to know each other. But by the end of the year, last year, I saw people helping each other out, sticking up for one another. Sometimes I feel like, you know, advocating too much because you're going to follow these rules, you know, like, and so they're going to tell me, well, such and such. They don't have that at all. <laughs> Yeah. Also, when you said family is that uh, you're giving a different perspective of family because sometimes yeah. when you're out in a classroom, you're at a home situation that is not of norm to anybody else. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. know. It could be abuse. It could be watching your parent be exactly. abused. I think the things that you see and then you walk into this classroom. And I don't think that people realize that this sometimes those eight hours of the day are supposed to be the safest eight hours of the day yeah. for these where yes. they can be comfortable to come to you and say that or even if they don't want to come out and say what's going on in their home because a lot of times you don't from experience yes. you don't mm-hmm. come out and say what you're seeing at home or what you're going through at home but that is the safest eight hours that you have and oh, for yeah. a teacher to shine light on positivity we're going to stick together and in this classroom while you're here you're in a safe space oh, and everybody yeah on one accord is powerful and like you said you uh facing this multiple sclerosis diagnosis has also Mm -hmm. opened it to a different perspective of things that though you are a person who has empathy now you have can teach kids from an empathy a different level a different person and that's a beautiful thing yes for sure um it's just it's been rewarding and it all started out with me being true to who i was you know um, one person that did help me with that, you interviewed her, um, a queen with MS. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I remember like I was talking to her so many people that I consider, you know, my MS family that I've never met in person, yeah. you know, but she really encouraged me to, you know, disclose my diagnosis in my professional de- environment rather than hide it, you know, yes. because 
it came with a lot of emotions, but, you know, she really helped inspire me to, you know, tell my truth. And after I started living my truth with it, you know, I even share with my students, you know, when they're having trouble or a difficult time. And I said, you know, sometimes we got to breathe. Sometimes we have to try a little bit harder, you know, and sometimes it feels like, you know, you become frustrated, but I understand. And this is how we're going to move forward. You know, it's um we just got to keep pressing forward together. So I don't. It's like all my social media accounts are open. Um, and with that yeah. being said, sixth grade teacher, they can see anything I put or post on the internet. Right. You know, and I do that on purpose so I can inspire them to let them know that you know you can be an overcomer too. You know, you can feel different, be different, go through a hard time. I want them to see that, hey, I can persevere. Matter of fact, I have persevere in big letters across my classroom. That's my word that um, carries me, persevere. You know, some days are going to look different than others. But if I get up and I keep going and I try my best, something good's going to come out of it. And we celebrate small victories and big victories. We celebrate progress in my class. So um, it's just really helped me um, to press forward, knowing that That's I'm worthy too. Like I, I have my spot, even though I have MS. I, you know, MS doesn't have me, and I can keep going and keep running yeah. my race. And I do have a purpose, you know. So. And you do, and you do it well. Um, if you can tell my kids, actually, I will put your information in the bio or they will see you on this link. Um, I was going to ask you more questions, but I feel like this conversation that we had, it flowed so well. Um, it showed yeah. who you are. It, um, it showed who you are, who I believed you to be and who I know you to be now. Uh, you know, because sometimes you see things and then you're like, oh, but this is, this is, this is the queen. This queen carries her crowd just the same way that she does on social media, the same way that she does in her life. And I mm-hmm. uh, appreciate that. Uh, this is my favorite part of the podcast. Uh, it's to certify you once to be, of course, uh, you have encouraged and have inspired me as a warrior, even though you were scrolling the internet, you see me and I spoke to you, you spoke volumes to me because even with this podcast, with life, I still have that chronic illness that is, you know, it's the progressive for whatever. It doesn't matter with God, but you yeah. have reached out to me just single-handedly like, girl, are you okay? You still out there? You still moving? And that's inspiring. And you've always told me to keep going. And I appreciate that because like I said, you were the first out of 20. So for you to still be there with me and for you to educate our kids and to explain for them right for wrong and show them love that they might not even receive at home is very empowering because like I said, kids spend most of their time at home. I mean, at school with their teachers for eight hours today. So for you to be that teacher that many kids will reflect on is so powerful. The definition of one sick bee is a strong individual that faces or fights through an unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life threw at you without warning, but you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. So I certified brandy certified you loyal one sick b i've been waiting for this moment baby but you already want sick b in my head the whole time I'm honored. <laughs> so I, honored. I thank you and can you give our keys and quiz just your um your page on instagram just in oh, case yeah. they need encouragement especially for being an educator teachers other teachers who are going oh, through yeah. the same be like oh my gosh there's a teacher that's an educator that's going through the same thing i am what yeah. um is your page on instagram 
You can find me at Queen Smitherman on Instagram, Q-U-E-E-N-S-M-I-T-H-E-R-M-A-N, Queen Smitherman. Thank you. And keys and queens, until next time, thank you for watching and listening to One Sick Beat. You know every day's a fight, but every day you getting up and perform. When you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Every day's a fight, but every day you getting up to perform. And when you think there's nothing left, you gotta know you got more. Let's not forget that God sent the strongest soldiers to war. Like God sent the strongest soldiers to war.